and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And joining us today again is our friend Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, guys. And you can find Grant on Twitter. He is Hot Dog Cinema. So look him up there. Uh, This is another episode in our 12 Days of Christmas, where for the 12 days leading up to Christmas, we talk about a holiday film. And today's movie is Silent Night, Deadly Night. And Grant's going to tell us a little bit about what it's about. Thanks. Yeah, so Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, 1984 film. Uh, It's a slasher film. Uh, The plot is essentially about uh, a young boy who sees um, his parents uh, dispatched by a bad man in a Santa Santa Claus outfit. Uh, This has a traumatic effect on the boy. Uh, Many years later, he also has to wear a Santa Claus outfit, and that brings back some pretty horrendous memories for him. And he goes on a bit of a a kind of spree, uh, a killing spree, uh, of people who might be deemed naughty uh, by by Santa Claus. Uh, and really, the film, I think, is an excuse to have a slasher villain in a Santa Claus suit. <laughs> That's a good synopsis. <laughs> yes. So, you know, um, Cards on the Table, this was my first time watching it. Uh, and um, it's I consider it to be a better-than-average 80s uh, horror film. And qualifier in there being, you know, 80s horror <laughs> film. Um, you know, I've seen many of them. Many of them are subpar. I mean, they're mildly enjoyable for me anyway, for the nostalgia factor. But uh, this is actually something I, I appreciate the fact. I think it tries to go a little deeper with a psychological angle. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a brief 85 minutes. And the first half of it is sort of like the buildup. You know, as Grant mentioned, you know, we see his... Family dispatched by a crazed man in a Santa outfit. Um, I think that takes place in 1971. It fast forwards to 74, where he's in an, an orphanage run by some uh, some nuns. And we spend a little bit of time there where the Mother Superior is particularly abusive toward him. Um, and he also witnesses some adults uh, copulating. <laughs> And Mother Superior punishes them and punishes him for watching, et cetera, et cetera. And then it fast forwards to 1984 when the movie was made and came out. And yeah, he's an adult. He works in a toy store. And as Grant mentioned, he has to don a Santa outfit. And that kind of like sends him off the, the deep end on Christmas Eve. Um, all of that I found rather interesting. And mixed in with that is some brutality. I mean, there's some, there's some really brutal murders, um, in this movie and, and several of them are in the front half. But yet I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, um, this is, this is trying to, you know, it's trying to tell a bit of a story. It's trying to paint a psychological portrait of, um, what ends up becoming a serial killer, right? Um, which, you know, I've seen a couple other like 80s horror movies try and do, and they do it less artfully than this one does. Not that this is Citizen Kane. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> But I appreciated that. I feel like the, if you want to call it the middle bit or the, the, the first half, the first half of the back half to me is the weakest part because that's when he goes on his slasher spree. And then for a little while there, it becomes your typical eighties slasher fest. And, um, it seems rather random. Like the people he, he just busts in on some random house and murders people there. He, he happens to 
to catch up with a couple of what I guess, Ashley, when we were watching it, you termed sled bullies. Yeah, Christmas Eve sledding bullies. Sledding yes. bullies, yes. <laughs> that was rather random as well. But then the very final part, the climactic last 15 minutes, he returns to the orphanage. And that is, um, it kind of bookends the, the movie fairly well. And it's, some of it's particular, particularly suspenseful uh, set piece there um, that I think works well. So, um, yeah, I think this is a... I think this is a cut above your, again, 80s horror movies. Yeah, so uh, we've seen a lot of 80s slasher films, and I've seen a lot worse than than this one. Um, it does spend a, an, a lot of time kind of laying the groundwork for his, his motivation. Um, and, you know, witnessing being a young person and witnessing your parents be murdered, and actually his mother was, there was an attempted rape on his mother as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I mean, it, it was very effective in that it was very horrifying and you could definitely see how it would be um, a traumatic experience that would be hard to overcome. And then, of course, the religious uh, punishment and trauma that he experiences in the orphanage was, was no help. So, I mean, it really does kind of build up and explain or try to explain what happens later in the film. Um, it, it There is, I mean, it's kind of got a mean spirit to it in a way um it's it's so it's so horrific and um i i felt a little uncomfortable with it which i'm sure was intended um uh, grant what did you think well I, I think you guys have hit it have hit the nail on the head with something here which is that it's it's quite distinct in terms of 80s slasher films in that it works really hard to get to build a sort of quite a rich picture of the villain. You know, he's not some kind of faceless slasher walking around in the woods in a boiler suit and a, and a hockey mask. It does it does build up um, to explain um, sort of his motivations and what's going on. And he's a bit of a richer character, I think, than most of the villains we get in, in the slasher films of the 80s. And that works in the film, I think. Uh, I, agree, I agree as well. The film is really quite dark. Uh, but part parts of it it's got it's got a I can't put my finger on it but whenever I watch this film I feel it's got a peculiar atmosphere a type of sleaze atmosphere <laughs> and an and an unsettling atmosphere there's a there's quite a lot of gore in the film and there's a fair amount of nudity now again those are not those are not rarities in 80 slasher films but but here they it just it feels a bit seedier than usual uh, and I, I think the film's got a couple of set piece sequences that really sort of stick in your memory. So, you know, you've got a decapitation on a sled. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, pretty, pretty good scene. You've gnarly. got somebody, somebody who gets impaled on reindeer antlers in a living room, <laughs> which is particularly grim. Uh, and then like a really, a really lovely uh, scene actually to watch, which is uh, where he, he kills someone in a toy store and, and, and the camera is sort of flitting between the toys on the shelves as if they're watching this murder sort of pan out. And all the, all the, toys, the toy soldiers have slightly different expressions <laughs> as if they're sort of expressing horror at what's going on. I thought that was quite, that was quite neat. 
you know, and you've got to you've got to be a bit forgiving with this film because, of course, it's got a bit of a bad script in parts. There's a bit of a hokey and bad acting, but that's that's part of the course with these sorts of films. Uh, I think it's a really enjoyable eighty slasher film, uh, and it's a really good Christmas horror film. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm quite I'm quite a fan of the movie actually. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Perry Bodkin Jr. is the the composer of the score, and I got to give a shout out to that because I feel like the score does a lot of heavy lifting here. Um, there's several moments where I I, was, I realized, like, you know, uh, it's a scene where you know someone's being stalked by Santa or Santa, you know, or they're, you know, it, it's a tense scene, but the music is just, I mean, almost the definition of pulse pounding. <laughs> Almost to a slightly comical effect, but I mean, it, it's it is doing a lot of heavy lifting here, and I think I think that it helps the movie um, work. I also, you know, that toy store. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I was sitting there wondering if that was a set, in which case, you know, a chef's kiss to the production design because that that was. I mean, Ashley and I, while we were watching it. And we're like the same age and we were talking about, we kept doing shout outs. We're like, we had that toy or I had that toy. And, and, you know, it was seriously a, like I dived back into my childhood. So that, that, that toy set uh, was the toy store set was on point. I guess it also could have been a regular toy store. I was thinking that probably would have been the easier route to go. But then I'm wondering like, how would, would a toy store have agreed to be? (laughs) <laughs> to have a, a horror movie like a Santa Claus horror movie film there or, or did they even know what was happening or yeah. um, I agree with you too Grant about like the, that one uh, death that happened and the the way the toys were you know they kind of the camera pan or flashed over to the toys and flashed back to the, mm-hmm. the de- you know that was that was all really good yeah, my favorite scenes were all in the toy store. And, and mostly it was just scanning the shelves, looking for the toys that I had. It was hugely nostalgic. Because um, I would have, I don't know, this is probably filmed in 83. I would have been eight. I was, yeah, I was, I had all those things and or was wanting them. So it was a nice memory to see all those toys. There's a scene in the toy store where the lights go out and and all that. Mm. The animatronics are, are moving, and but there, there's Christmas lights on. And it, I don't know, it. It was it was creepy but Christmassy at the same time. So yeah, there's there's some effective effective scenes, um, and I, I liked the the actor who played Billy, who's our killer when he's eighteen. Um, Robert Brian Wilson. Yeah, he was. <laughs> the movie makes sure that you notice that he is fit and attractive, um, which he was, and uh, I thought, it, but I thought he did a good job. Uh, you know, it was kind of this vulnerable 18 year old mm-hmm. any more thoughts grant well i i, I was going to say that I, I think the 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 nuns in this film are really quite creepy um <laughs> and and you and you know one of you one of you mentioned it but there is quite a lot of uh, uh, underneath this is sort of a simmering attack on religious education <laughs> um, which i thought was quite you know, quite quite amusing, and and the final. I agree with Matt that the, the sort of finale when they go back to the orphanage and Mother Superior is there. It's it's done really well, and and yet you're kind of willing him to kill Mother Superior. You know? <laughs> you don't want you don't want her to win. Yeah. Um, and then there's that that sort of throwaway um, you know line at the end where his brother says, uh, 
naughty, um, <laughs> as if it's sort of set, setting itself up for a for a sequel, which which did come. Um, there's quite a few sequels to this film, um, but yeah, I think if you look, if you go into this film, and as you, as Matt aptly said, as long as you're not preparing for Citizen Kane, <laughs> I think I think you're going to have pretty good time with this. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And the nuns, you know, I have to say, Grant. <laughs> um, there was a scene uh, in the earlier part of the uh, movie, the set of the, the the orphanage. It's when it's when um, Mother Superior walks in on the uh, young adults having sex, and she she has her belt out or whatever, and she shuts the door, and you hear her like just spewing vile things at them. <laughs> I actually quoted out loud. I don't know why I'm so embarrassed. I quoted out loud the the bit from psycho three um but she's like you'll burn in hell for this you'll burn in hell um anyway i thought you might appreciate that <laughs> i do i do i i love your ability to get psycho three into everything we talk about <laughs> yeah um no i i too like robert brian wilson um we almost saw a little bit more of him than I was wanting to see in a particular scene, but you know, it, it, <laughs> they kept it tasteful or ish. Um, Linnea Quigley was in this movie and I, I just had to mention her too, because she is sort of this queen of, I don't want to call it eighties horror sleaze because I mean, I don't know. The word sleaze is sort of, you know, is negative, but <laughs> I mean, I remember she was in, um, um, Return of the Living Dead and like I think Graduation Day um, and several other films that are are ripe with uh, nudity and she's I think kind of known uh, as being someone who like this wasn't they didn't really seem to care or mind of, of doing a lot of nudity in 80s horror movies and uh, yeah so she's a bit of a a bit of an 80s horror legend and she makes an appearance in this movie yeah so any any uh, any any further thoughts, Grant? Well, I read that the uh, the director of this film didn't direct the uh, some of the the gore sequences. He didn't feel comfortable handling um, the gore aspect of the movie or the sort of kill sequences. And so I think they were they were done by somebody else, which I think is quite interesting. You know, if you're if you're a director and you sign on for a horror film, you think, oh yeah, I'll I'll do all the all, all the other stuff, but none of, none of the kill sequences. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, I mean, uh, something I found interesting uh, was reading about this movie is uh, apparently there was a very big backlash to it when it came out. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it was actually yanked from theaters and a uh, parent group formed that, you know, protested it, picketed it. Um, film critic Gene Siskel, like, basically told the filmmakers in the studio, the distributors, like, shame on you. And I mean, now that I watched it, I guess I'm, I don't quite understand. I mean, I know. The way you described it earlier, Grant, I mean, it, it is, it is very brutal. I mean, it has got some, some sleazy <laughs> bit of a nature to it, but still have a lot of other 80s horror movies that I've seen. And I get, is it the Santa Claus angle? I mean, were, were things so quaint almost 40 years ago that to have Santa Claus as a killer, like that was just a step, a bridge too far, as they say? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it was the poster from uh, apparently the poster was something that parents felt very strongly about because it, it had this sort of, you know, the image of sort of Santa Claus crawling out of the chimney with an axe in his hand. Mm-hmm. And I think 
people felt that was a bit much that the that the advertising campaign was a bit too offensive maybe but um i do think the reaction is strange given that it, it isn't the first horror film to sort of have that type of imagery christmas evil was a horror film made way before this um you know, a Black Christmas, whilst it doesn't have Santa Claus, is a, slash, is a slasher film set over Christmas. So, uh, yeah, it was a, maybe it was part of a wider sort of, it seems to have been a wider social thing going on in the in the early 80s about violence and horror and stuff and how that was playing out on people's TV screens. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, you know, but... Yeah, I, I still stand by. The, I think it's. I think it's a better than average um, horror film from the eighties. Yes. Uh, so, Grant, what would you give this out of ten? Uh, this, this is a strong seven. Okay, uh, I'll give it a seven as well. How about you, Ashley? Six point five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our score then is a six point eight, and that is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, thanks for joining us, Grant. Uh, always my pleasure. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you. There's always